Hello and welcome back or welcome to the Mental Sweet Spot podcast, where we share stories, tips, and strategies for coaching the mental game of softball. I'm Melanie Rushing, and today I'll be sharing a four-step process of learning that you really can trust. Today's episode is all about the process. We talk about it so often, but when you stop to think about it, can you actually define the process? If you can, fantastic. Here's another idea for you to consider. If not, you're not alone. We got you. This episode is brought to you by the Softball Mental Training Membership. When you join our membership, you can stay focused on the process and not have to worry about finding resources. You can plug in any of our courses, podcast bonuses, workshops, drills, trainings, right into the process we're about to teach and watch the magic happen. You can follow our step-by-step blueprint or pick and choose the resources you want based on what the girls need in the moment. Either way, you'll be able to teach exactly what your girls need this season in order to perform their best. And really, it's all about you making the impact that you desire. To learn more, head to mentalsweetspot.com forward slash membership and keep an eye out for a special deal we'll be announcing at the NFCA convention on December 5th. All right, on to the episode. I know we say this term a lot as coaches. We tell our players to trust the process. We remind ourselves to trust the process. And we understand what that means. But really, what is the process? In a nutshell, it's, hey, you got to put in work and trust that that work will help you in the long run through the failures, through the lessons learned. But what if the process could be more purposeful? We can do things intentionally to help move that process along in a way that helps us trust it even more, really. So we've been looking at some sports psychology studies and some of the stuff done in education, and there's actually a process to go through to help people learn things so that they become automatic. And I think right now, we coaches are getting close to it, but we need to name this process in order to make it happen. So before we jump into the phases of learning, I want to share a metaphor. I actually just saw this tweet today, so it was perfect timing. Uh, The Cindy Bristow retweeted it, so thank you, Coach Bristow. Um, It's from Brad Stolberg, who is uh, a coach for executives and entrepreneurs. So he says, the roots of a redwood run only 6 to 12 foot deep. Instead of growing deep, they grow out, extending hundreds of feet laterally, wrapping around the roots of other trees. As such, they help each other stand firmly in the ground amidst rough weather. Lots to learn from that. And it's such a good point. I think Coach Bristow was talking about how it's an excellent lesson in teamwork and survival too. Because these trees, if you have not seen a giant redwood, they grow 200 plus feet tall. They are huge. So it's quite the interesting lesson. And we used to talk about building mental toughness. We knew that was a process too. And we used to talk about it like this line that goes up and up where you make some gains, you go up, and then there's a little plateau where you're you're getting comfortable getting used to these things, and then you learn something new and you go back up again. So you keep going up and up. Yes, that is uh, one way to think of the process, but I think a better way is to think of it like these trees. So these giant trees, if you slice them across, you see the rings inside, right? And each ring represents a year. And what it really represents is growth. 
So the same thing with us. This is the culture piece that we always talk about with teams. So each year when we fortify that culture, we go through the tough things, we work through it and come out the other side together. That's like the tree going through the seasons and withstanding the weather. That's what we do as teams and what we do individually to help grow a ring each and every time we learn something new, each and every time we go through through something difficult and come out the other end. So instead of the single line that's going up and up, really we are the strong tree trunk. But as we're learning and growing and experiencing different things, we need roots to hold us down, right? These are the mental skills we teach. Because every year we're going to face obstacles, we're going to face that tough weather. Maybe it's failure, maybe it's expectations, maybe it's just the stress of a new level of challenge. Whatever that stress is, we need our roots to hold us firmly into the ground. So that's why we need things like confidence, why we need to stay consistent and be committed to our cause, committed to this process, right? So all those things are our roots that dig in and hold us tight to the ground. And the final piece is our team. Just like the redwood roots reaching out and holding on to the roots of their fellow trees, when we tie into what other people are learning and other people's journeys, how to help others, how to lift them up, that's how we stick around for the long haul through whatever comes our way. That's how we build stronger and stronger teams and programs and become stronger ourselves. So just like those trees, we go through seasons and that is the process. And for us, the process of teaching, whether it's a physical skill, a mental skill or a life skill, there are four phases that we go through. The first is preach. So we got to start with knowing why it's important. So we explain the drill, what it's going to help the player do, how it's going to help them grow, what this certain play is going to help them do in the game and help them outwit their opponent, right? So we need to tell them what the consequences are if they don't do it. So if you don't do it this way, this is what's going to happen in the game. And the benefits when they do it correctly, hey, if you throw this pitch this way, this is how you're going to fool the batter. And even deeper than that, it's one of the benefits to your teammates when you do this correctly. So it doesn't have to be a full hour long lecture, but you need to get into the why behind everything you do. And I believe that most of the coaches we talk to do a very good job with this. They think deeply about what they're doing and why they're doing it. They're very purposeful. And a way we can get even better at it is using stories. So find good metaphors, find examples. I do think we're doing a great job of this, but I think we get stuck here because it does take a lot of brain power. We need to make this succinct and impactful and then move on to the next three steps because that is the same as going to an inspirational speaker, feeling amazing about it, wanting to go do things and change the world and then without a plan of action or a way to practice it, you're usually left the same as you were, right? So the next step is teach. And we got to actually show them how to do these things. So we tell them, hey, you need to be confident because of this. You need to be consistent because of X, Y, Z. All right, well, how? First, you got to educate them. Tell them what's going on uh, with their body or their minds or their emotions or their teammates. 
You got to teach them how behind everything that you want them to do. I just heard this on the Florida State podcast. They were talking about, hey, we want to teach our freshmen how to sit back on a changeup, but a lot of times we don't teach them how. So what are the mechanics that go into that? You want to teach your players to be more competitive, show them how, show them how to get out of their way, get past fear of failure, get past feeling embarrassed around others, all of those little things that can get in their way, show them how to work past it. And once they have that knowledge and they feel confident, like, yeah, okay, I can, I can run with that. Then you have to practice that skill, right? So the best way to start practicing it is with some support. So with physical drills, if you're teaching a new way to field a ground ball, you start with just rolling it to them, right? And then you can move them back, throw it a little harder. Then you can move it back, hit it off the bat. It's a progression. Wherever they are comfortable first, start them there. Meet them where they're at. And then you practice through that. If they mess up, talk them through it. Hey, what was going on? What did you do wrong? Guide them through. Teach them the how. Keep talking about how to do it the correct way, how to fix those little errors and keep leveling up the difficulty to see them progress for something harder and harder so that it becomes more automatic for game time, right? This is typically a coach's favorite part. Uh, I don't know. A lot of coaches like teaching too, but the practice piece is where we can give feedback and really show them the way. Think of it as like we're their training wheels, guiding them through it, but they're really on the field doing it themselves. And we're just there to give them a little help if they veer off course. So for most practices, and when I reflect on the practices I ran, this is where I stopped. <laughs> so I stopped at the training piece where we were training these skills mentally and physically. We were getting great practice in and doing a good job. I was challenging them. We were doing some fun games and we coaches were guiding them through it. But the piece we missed, which then caused them to falter when it came to game time, was ingraining. So this final piece of the process is to really ingrain it. It's like muscle memory, right? Even mental skills need to be memorized, need to be automated. So it's when you have done it over and over with some guidance, that's the step before doing it on your own. So again, on the Florida State podcast, I'm just quoting everybody today. Uh, Lonnie Alameda was saying that um, she likes to have her pitchers repeat back to her what she just taught. So at first she said she would get like frustrated with herself. Like, dang it, that's not what I said or what I meant to say. Like, they don't get it. <laughs> so if you teach someone a new skill, you've taught it and you've trained it. And then you ask them to repeat it back to you or teach someone else and they can't do it or they don't understand it well enough to teach someone else. That means you need to do a better job ingraining it. So what you do now is you take off those training wheels, throw them into something like a scrimmage. You don't have to wait till game day to get this, but game day will be its own really strong form of learning. But you can do it in a scrimmage, do it in a simulated competition, something with consequences with that time constraint, something that is difficult mentally, but you've already built them up and given them these tools to do this. So you have one rule <laughs> while they're going through this. If you want to ingrain these skills, you cannot coach unsolicited. <laughs> if they ask you questions, fantastic. If they want you to clarify something, great. But it's on them to figure it out. 
this does not mean you just sit back with your arms crossed scowling. You can ask questions and guide them that way, but they need to find the answers themselves, find the solutions. This is how we train the creative thinking that helps them in games. Have you ever been standing in a third base box or in the dugout just trying to find any words, any encouragement, any instruction to help them fix something? <laughs> That's what happens when you haven't ingrained this the right way. So now they're grasping at everything you're trying to tell them in the moment, but you can't fix things in the middle of the game. So we need to get to this final part of the process of ingraining. Think of it not as, okay, well, now I step back from coaching. Instead of the teacher role, now you're the mentor. So you're guiding them through that process of, oops, I messed that up. What happened? You can ask them questions like, hey, did you notice this? Oh, yeah, I did, coach. I think I did this instead. That's going to help them learn it and really cement it in their minds much better than just telling them what to do. So this is a lot. <laughs> Let me go through these four again. The first step is preaching, telling them the why, why it's important for them to learn this thing. Next is teaching. So you teach them how to actually do it. Give them the breakdown, give them the skills, give them the information they need. Next is training. They need to actually practice the skill with some support from you, with feedback, going through it step by step, making it harder each time so they can keep progressing. And finally, ingraining, where you set them free and let them learn on their own. And you support them in more of a mentorship role, asking questions, guiding them so they can find the answers themselves. So now that I've got your minds thinking about the girls and how you're going to do this on the field, I want to switch the focus real fast and challenge you a bit to think about yourself. So for an example, I'm going to teach you guys how to trust your gut. Now... <laughs> This is not magic. Again, this is a process you got to go through just like everything else. And it's something that I work on every day with business, with parenting, with coaching still. But here is how you can go through this process, preach, teach, train, and grain for yourself. So trusting your gut, preaching. So why is it important? Well, the cost of not doing it, not trusting your gut is that you don't make a decision at all. And one of my favorite quotes is it's better to be decisive than right, <laughs> right? Have you ever been trying to figure out a lineup? Uh, who do I put here? Who do I lead off? Who do I bet second? Who do I put down here? It's better just to go with it, have a reason, pick it and go than to sit there going round and round in your head, right? Another benefit is you make the decisions faster. So if you just trust your gut, put together that lineup now it only took you two minutes as opposed to 25 and you can get to warm up, checking in the girls, seeing if they're ready, helping them get ready for the game. And either way, whether you made a good choice or a bad choice, you're going to learn when you make decisions. So whether you're wrong or right, you could have done better. Learning is the most important part. So if you take too much time to write that lineup and you took time away from warmups, the girls were lost, they weren't prepared, look how many things that's going to affect. It's also important to trust your gut with more serious issues like player development and team dynamics. You know, my first year as a head coach, I was hearing things like, yeah, the 
the senior class is kind of split. Like, we don't really agree on things. And I was like, okay, well, we had set it up so that the seniors were our leaders that year. We didn't have captains. Um, so I said, okay, that's fine. Just kind of let it go. Checked in every once in a while to see how it was going. But in the back of my head, I'm thinking, that's kind of strange. But with everything else going on, I let it slip. Didn't trust my gut. Just said, no, it's fine. I'm worrying about it. It'll be okay. Wouldn't you know, when it came to the most stressful part of the season, everything was on the line and it crumbled. What do you think came to the surface? The fact that the senior class, who was our leadership, was split in their view of how the team should be run, view of the culture. We still didn't get into the specifics of what they were disagreeing about, but it all came to a head in the middle of a doubleheader, no less. So because I didn't trust my gut and ask and dig a little deeper, didn't make a decision whether it was fast or not, I didn't learn anything from it and it cost our team in the end. So that's a big reason why it can snowball before you know it. So trust your gut on these things. Make the decision. Know that your gut, we've talked about this in the previous episode, your gut just isn't some whim or some feeling. It's all of the subconscious information you've stored coming together and it's your brain saying, hey, I remembered something that'll be helpful for this. (laughs) So trust that and go with it. Now, how to do it, right? Here's a tip. First one is catch yourself overthinking. (laughs) When you start to feel the gears turning or you sense that you're taking a little too long in this decision, catch yourself. Then give yourself two options and 30 seconds to decide. (laughs) You usually know the best two options and then it's going to be hard to decide between those. So give yourself 30 seconds, ready, go. And then promise yourself that regardless of what the outcome is, whether it was right or wrong, that you're going to learn from it. And that takes the pressure off. It's a promise to myself that even if I get this wrong, it's okay. I will commit to learning from it and I won't make that same mistake twice. That takes a lot of the what ifs out, the worry of like, oh, what if I make the wrong decision? You can see this in a simple example of trying to decide where to eat. (laughs) ever tried to do that oh we could go here or there when you're eating out there's so many options give yourself two and decide quickly within that 30 seconds so we know why we know how now we got to practice it right so in practice call signs make a lineup switch out players as necessary call your girls over when you send something pull them aside if you see a little bit off make it a point to do these things in practice and Even put it on your practice plan if you have to. Like, hey, notice this today. We're going to work on that today. Whatever you feel that you've been indecisive about, either recently or all your coaching life, practice that. Put that in the practice plan for yourself. Because these practices are as much for you and the team as a whole as they are for each individual player, right? Because it's all about performing together for the end product. And then after practice, reflect. What worked? What didn't? What helped? what made it harder to trust my gut, what made it really easy, and write it down. Jot these notes down, and then you can move forward from that. Just like the girls move from something easy to something more difficult, you got to do the same thing. And another way to get some more support, because we typically don't have coaches coaching us, but you do have assistants. You do have the people around you 
who can give you their point of view and some feedback. Like, hey, what did you think of this decision I made? I decided to put this person in left field today. What do you think of that? And it's just feedback to help you make better, better decisions next time. So even if they disagree, that's no big deal. It doesn't mean you were wrong. It means that's more information for you to take in and trust your gut on next time. So maybe they saw something you didn't. Maybe they saw something that you've seen before and you know is not really the real issue. Maybe they saw, God, that girl dropped three balls in the field. Why would you put her there? When really, you know, because you watched a little more closely, maybe that, okay, two of those balls were sun balls and one had crazy spin. So I'm going to let that slide. Still helps you with decision making, right? And then you go into the next practice with some other decisions to make and you keep trusting your gut and keep leveling up that way. And finally, ingraining it. So how do you just let yourself trust your gut, not have to think about it, just trust and go? This is really tough to do, but hey, you got to jump headfirst on game day, right? Here's the challenge. Don't ask anybody else to help you make decisions in the game. It's (laughs) frightening, right? I think I took a little breath as I read that myself the first time, but yeah, challenge yourself to, I'm not going to double check with my assistant. I'm, I'm not going to run it by anyone. I'm just going to make the decision and see how it goes. You can ask for extra information, but not what would you do? And then you can always write after or after the game or even a little bit later, then you can ask them for feedback. Um, you can see, okay, what would you have done now? Or what did you think when I made that decision? What was your reaction? You can get some info afterward, but if you don't allow yourself to second guess in the moment, then you're going to be much better at that ingraining piece of just going for it. I'm going to trust my gut and go. So can you see now from your own perspective how it's a progression and this process really is something that you can follow and trust because you can see it work time and again. Every time you go through this process and you learn something new and you gain more knowledge, you're gaining a ring on that tree. Every time you learn a new skill to help you get through something difficult, you're extending those roots further out. And every time you reach out to a colleague or your players reach out to you or they reach out to each other for feedback and support, that's those roots linking to each other. So when you go through this process, you can see, yeah, that's sturdy. I can trust that. So when you tell someone trust the process, now you know what that process actually is. Thank you so much for joining us again today. That's it for this episode. Hope to see you again next time. Have a good one.